This is Carl the Jackal Frampton. Hi, this is David Healy. Hello, this is Stephen Ferris. Hi, I'm Bethany Ferris. My name is Shola Hamiobi. Inchanas Gutierrez. Hi, this is Harry Kuehl. You're listening to the score. The score with Michael Clark. And welcome along to The Score with me, Michael Clark. Here's what's coming up on this week's programme. We will be taking a closer look at one of the two Friday night matches in the Sports Direct Premiership with the help of Crusaders keeper Johnny Tuffy. They will be playing Larne later on. We are going to be taking a trip to the Championship and catching up with Ballyclare Comrades boss Stephen Small They've moved into the top four in the league after their win on Tuesday night and will be joined on the show today by Fra Brennan. He plays for PIL leaders Balamakash Rangers. They are preparing for a County Antrim Shield semi-final on Tuesday. It's all coming up right here on The Score. The Score with Michael Clark. Hello and welcome along to this programme which is our penultimate one for the year. I know next week will be the last one and then it's uh, feet up, sort of, for me in between matches and a few mince pies and parties, which I'm really looking forward to. Uh, More on our plans for the new year in the new year, I think. But let's firstly start the programme off with a look at the fixtures. Two Friday night matches in the top flight. Palomini United at home against Carrick Rangers. Balamini United able to pick up a couple of points lately. Will they be able to pick up a valuable win against a Carrick side that made life difficult for the Crews before being edged out 1-0? Crusaders are taking on Larne. We'll be previewing that match with Johnny Tuffy in just a moment's time. He's waiting in the wings, but not before I tell you about the games taking place on Saturday. Coleraine against Dungannon Swifts. Interesting one at the showgrounds, that, because Coleraine got the win against Lockall last weekend. I was at that game. Kieran O'Hara... Has he done enough to continue in the starting lineup? The 17-year-old marked his first start with a goal for the Bandsiders. Thought he was very impressive, particularly in the first half. Dungannon Swifts were 3-1 up at Windsor Park. Who saw that coming before being dramatically beaten when they were reduced to 10 men with a goal in stoppage time? 4-3 Linfield won. Uh, will Dungannon Swifts be able to continue with uh, the positives from that, will they be able to take it into the Coleraine game and get something from it? We shall see. Rodney McCurry, of course, against his former employers. Glenavon against Linfield is where I will be this weekend. Linfield have been a little leaky in defence, but in fairness, they responded from the challenge of the, the Glen Torren defeat by knocking Lorne out on penalties in cup competition and then coming back from 3-1 down at half-time to win does show character. They will be put to the test, I think, against a Glenavon team who, yes, were um, not able to go toe-to-toe with Lorne but have been very difficult for most teams they have faced in recent months. Glen Torren against Newry City is the game at the Oval and Lockall against Cliftonville at Lakeview Park. Now... Time to get our guests on. The score with Michael Clark. 
now we've been talking about the big game taking place later on between Crusaders and Larnwell here on the programme. Our very first guest on the score this week is Crusaders goalkeeper Johnny Tuffy. Of course, a hero last weekend against Carrick Rangers, saving a penalty on his team's way to keeping a clean sheet and eventually winning that match thanks to a goal from Philip Laurie. Johnny, great to have you on the show. Great to be here, Michael. Thank you for having me. It's uh, the goalkeeper's job to, to make those saves. That's what Roy Keane always tells us. But when you give away a penalty early on, um, you know, it's a, it's a pressure moment. It's one you've been in many times in your career. What was going through your head facing David Cushley? Uh, just don't get sent off again. Saving a penalty was the first <laughs> thing <laughs> after after the fiasco of a couple of years ago. Uh, um, but no, look, it, it it was a pivotal uh, it was a pivotal moment in the game. Obviously, um, we knew how difficult a, a challenge it was going to be uh, going to Carrick. Um, you know, they they make it very very difficult for you, uh, particularly at home. And then you add the elements of of the weather into that on the night. Um, you know, we knew it was going to be a a scrap on a battle um, and I think that was evident um, you know right throughout the game so look it was it was pleasing to obviously um, make the save um, and and then obviously with Philip going up the other end uh, not too long after and, and putting us ahead you know it gave us something to to hold on to and, and the most important thing for us you know was, was getting three points um, and, and thankfully we were able to do that you didn't fancy when you were, you know, getting yourself ready for the penalty, just saying, "Look, David, no blasters, please," because he can fairly hit a ball. Uh, to be fair, because <laughs> you, you're hoping that it just doesn't hurt you, because as you say, how hard he hits the ball. Um, you know, I know that first time, even when when he was here at Crusaders and stuff, and, and from playing against him over the years. So, no, look, just uh, just delighted to, to make the save. It um, by time I saved one, so no, all, all good. Are there many that hit it harder than him? Like you know, I'm thinking, and this is this is such a stupid comparison, right? Because you know you, you've <laughs> capped internationally, and then what I'm about to say. But you know, anyone listening that's been chucked into goals at any stage of their mates, there's just that genuine fear of uh, not standing in the way of one of his because this is just going to hurt. Do you still have that at some level, or or just no? Uh, yeah, there's just an acceptance now that that some 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 are going to hurt you and, and some aren't, you know. And, and look, Goose is he's one of the best strikers of the ball in the league. Um, you can you can see that from from some of the goals he scored over the years. And like you just know it, you know what's coming, and and uh, <laughs> hope for the best, shall we say? Yeah. Oh no, fair play. I mean, you, you were kept busy in that first half. You you said it, Carrick. You know, know how to make it difficult. And Ben Tilney in particular was causing lots of problems. Yeah, he was looking and look Ben's Ben's a quality player. Um, you know, and, and to be fair to, to Stuart King, you know, he's he signed well at Carrick. Um he's put a really good group uh, group together. Um and he's he's getting the best out of his players, you know, and that as as a manager is, is all you can ask and all you can hope for. And you know, you, you look at some of Carrick's uh results over over the season so far, you know, there's been some big performances, some big results. Um, and as I said, we were we were under absolutely no illusions at all how difficult the, an evening it was going to be. And and as I said, the most the most important thing for us was was getting out of there with three points. And look, it wasn't it wasn't pretty. I, I'm sure there's not too many people will be be rushing to watch the game back. But look, by hook or by crook, three points was was the most important thing. And and thankfully we were able to come to come away with them. 
your manager was very quick to say to me afterwards, we're not interested in statistics, Michael, but you, you know that I love them. Uh, going into that match, it was one win and six in all competitions. I know it doesn't make for great reading. Um, what was the mood like heading into that game? Has it been frustrating lately? Yeah, there's been there's been an element of, of frustration, um, an element of, of disappointment. Um, look, at, at the end of the day, as, as players, um, we know the, the buck stops with us. You know, we're the ones that take to the pitch and it's up to us to, to be putting performances together um, and, and putting points on the board. Um, yes, we've been we've been frustrated in, in recent weeks, you know, in, in terms of performance um, and also in terms of results. And and you know that was that was the mindset and and the focus on on Friday night. You know the the performance, the degree was irrelevant. It was it was important that we won. Look, everybody would would love to play brilliantly every week and and win games convincingly. But in this league, with with the caliber of competition right throughout the league, you know it, we've seen it with with some of the results that, um, so far. You know that that doesn't always happen. Um, and I think with the level of competition now, the most important thing is is trying to win as many games as possible. And and as I say, if you can do that by playing, you know, fantastically well, then you know that's that's super. But the most important thing is 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 those three points. And, and look, if it takes a scrappy performance and a one 0 win, then then happy days. You know, you you take that as well. At the end of the day, it's it's three points that, that you get for a win, and, and that's the most important thing. You're halfway through the season now, played 19 matches uh, on 35 points, sitting fourth in the table. Tonight, home game under the lights at CVR. Competition winners are going to be there. I know they are very excited to attend and get all the VIP treatment. Um, it's, a, it's a match against the current champions, Lauren, who uh, at the moment are second behind Linfield, only a point behind them. So they're wanting to keep the foot in the gas and, and try and leapfrog the Blues. You're obviously wanting to try and claw a little closer to them and, and make that happen. What are your thoughts going into this match and the challenge that Lauren will uh, represent? Well, look, Lauren, as you said, you know, Lauren are the, the reigning champions. Um, and I think in, in recent uh, weeks, you know, they've they've really clicked into gear again. Um, you look at the, the, the home game against Cliftonville, um, the result away at Linfield, um, and then obviously um, the result against Glenavon last weekend. You know, they, they've really clicked again. And, and listen, when Lauren click, we know that they're a formidable outfit. You know, we, we look at the strength and depth of, of not just their starting 11, um, but the, the squad, um, you know, the strength they have coming off the bench in games. And listen, we're under absolutely no illusions that, that tonight will be will be a difficult test. But at the end of the day, we have, we have quality right through our group. We're at home. Um, and it's up to us to to be able to, to nullify Lauren as best um, or try and nullify Lauren as best we possibly can um, and then we've got to use our quality and, and the threats we possess to, to try and cause them problems and, and try and hurt them but as I said the emphasis is on us we're at home we're under the lights at Seaview um, and you know we've we've got to take care of us we've got to be um, fully focused on the job in hand and, and look hopefully tonight we can we can uh, we can put a performance together, but we can also we can also come away with three points. I know it's always you know one game at a time, but if you look through the December fixtures ahead of that or after that, away to Glenavon, the Boxing Day game at Solitude this year, and then finishing the year off at home to Carrick Rangers, um, you really you know when you look through it, you just don't get much time uh, at all over Christmas. I I never really know how footballers manage to pack it all in. 
No, listen, it's it's absolutely relentless, um, and and those fixtures, as you've mentioned, there, you know, they're they're all difficult fixtures in their own in their own right. Um, there's none, there's no fixtures now in the league. You look at and think, okay, there's there's an opportunity. You know, they're all difficult. Every team opposes different threats, different qualities, and look, it's it's a case over this next period of you know you, you go from one game to the next, fully focused on each individual game. What each team possesses in terms of threats and, and how we can hurt them, and and look, we've we've got to take care of our business. And and as I said, yes, performances are great, and everybody wants to play well. But the most important thing over over the next sort of four or five games is is trying to be to be as competitive as we possibly can, trying to put as many points on the board. And and you know, come come early January, you, you still want to be to be in and around within touching distance of of whoever the league leaders are. And one of the things that really, you know, stood out to me was Colin Coates alongside me in commentary, and we were looking through, and he he pointed it out. But I was sort of going, yeah, the experience in your side, you know, because uh, there's there was only three players under the age of thirty starting, so people could look at that as positives or negatives, you know. But I I'm looking at that and thinking that's a, a squad that knows one another, that's been through, the, you know, all the tough times and plenty of good times together, and kind of knows what it takes. Is that your feeling on it as well? Yeah, absolutely. Look, and and <laughs> as players get older and stuff, yeah, it takes it takes more of a, a toll on on the bodies, etc. But look, when the experience we have is invaluable, you know, you you can't buy that. That's something that's earned. And and you look through our squad and 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 the players that we have, you know, the longevity of of the league, um, the amount of trophies and medals that they've won, you know, when when things have been frustrating at times as, as they have been, you know, you call on all that experience and. And that's where you see the the leaders and the and the quality and the experience come to come to the front and and look you know I'm I'm of the opinion there that you've you've just mentioned you know that that is invaluable and that's something that will be will be calling upon and and as I said earlier on it's up to us as players to to stand up and be counted and and start producing um, you know winning performances and, and putting points on the board. Has Jordan Forsyth been banned from hitting shots from 25 yards yet, or is he still allowed? I think they've been trying to ban Jordan doing that for years and, and it, it hasn't worked. So I have no doubt Jordan will still be, be shooting from 25, 30 yards every opportunity he gets, to be honest. After he scored against Neuer, I thought, well, that's just going to encourage him. Now he's going to be taking shots from everywhere, trying to get a few more goals. And he had a couple of efforts against Carrick, but we'll maybe leave that point there, will we? I will finish on the one he scored against Neuer. In terms of yourself, how are you still finding playing in the Premiership? Everyone's talking about the, the rise in quality. Are you still loving that challenge? Because uh, you know you're a busy man. Obviously, you're you're, you're working with Crusader Strikers. You're managing the the team there. Uh, do you still have the same hunger and, and energy to be, uh, you know, a number one goalkeeper in the one of the biggest teams and in, in the biggest league in the country? Because I just imagine it takes an, an awful toll out of you, Johnny. Yeah, look, I, I I probably have more more hunger and and desire now than than I've ever had. Um, when you see the the quality of of opposition, um, the way the league's progressing, um, I see the quality of goalkeepers that we have here at the club. Um, you know that that fight to, to stay in the team, that hunger is is there, and, and probably more so than than it's ever been. Um, you know, first and foremost, I've always said um, while I'm while I'm still playing, and that that is my main priority. Yes, um, I'm enjoying management, um, and I'm trying to give um, the best of me in that. Um, but look, that that comes separate um, in terms of you know when I'm not playing, then I'm focused on that. But look, when I'm when I'm training and when I'm 
when I'm playing, my, fo- my focus is fully on on being a player. Um, you know how I, how I feel right now. Um, I feel good. I feel fit. Um, you know, I've I've adapted my my training in terms of the gym and stuff. Um, and and I feel I feel great. You know, I've been doing a lot of work with with our strength and conditioning coach here at the club, which is which has really helped me. And and look, I want to I want to play as as long as I possibly can. Um, you know, and and right now I feel like I've of two or three, you know, good years left in me, and, and look, ultimately that that will be a decision for for the club. Um, but where I'm at is as long as as long as I'm wanted, as long as I'm contributing positively to to the group um, and and to the team, then you know I want to give it I want to give it everything I've got. But in in terms of that hunger and desire to to, to still play and and still be in the team, you know, as I said, that's it's probably greater now than it's it's ever been because of. Of the challenge of the other goalkeepers we have here at the club, you know the quality is is really high. Um, so I, I've got to work hard to to stay in the team and, and look. I want to I want to try and help the club, help the team, and, and as long as I'm contributing positively and, and the manager sees that and the club feel that, then you know I, I want to play as as long as I possibly can. You're most certainly. Uh, contributing positively, and uh, you know, there's. Uh, it, would, it would take a, a very, uh, I was going to say, a very big uh, change of events to try and dislodge you. I feel because you've done such a good job, and that's no discredit to the likes of Jordan Williamson, who's who's there knocking at the door, waiting for that opportunity to happen, Johnny. But you've you've cemented your place. Um, I'm interested your thoughts on you know how different the art of goalkeeping is now, as we you know sit here and have this conversation to when your career began. I think it. I think it's evolved with the game in general. Um, I think you know you look tactically at, at how a lot of teams play now and stuff. Where you know they they end up with defenders stepping in the midfield, goalkeepers playing a lot higher, becoming that extra defender in terms of the build up and things like that. You know, it's it's evident now that the goalkeepers obviously need to be a lot more comfortable uh, with the ball at their feet. Their distribution is relied on. Heavily in terms of being able to to play and join in the build-up, be able to, uh, you know, clip balls into high full-backs or play in the midfield. You know, it's not a case of the good old-fashioned goalkeeper kicking it as far as the, as high and as far as they can up the pitch. So, um, in in terms of that side of it, that's probably you know the biggest the biggest change. Um, you know, I think the number one priority for me, and and you know, I, I don't think this can ever change, and it it should never change, in my opinion, that. The most important thing for a goalkeeper is is being able to keep the ball out of the net. Um, you know, I think that's that's number one, and I think all those other bits and pieces are are an added bonus. And yes, as the game is developed and and goalkeepers need to develop and and try and add that that to their game. Yes, it's important, but I think sometimes it potentially gets a little bit lost where it's all about how good a goalkeeper is with the ball at their feet and their distribution and and stuff and as I said for as much as I do think that needs developed and, and it's great to be working on that aspect of of goalkeepers all around play and, and their game you know I, I don't think we can get lost in, in the number one task of the job and, and ultimately that is, is keeping the ball out of the back of the net because it must actually blow your mind when you're watching Premier League or Champions League goalkeepers who just don't look like shot stoppers anymore. That is the, and I'm not trying to be unfair to goalkeepers who I'm sure are super talented to reach whatever stage they're at in their careers. But there's so many keepers I watch now and think he doesn't want to deal with a cross. He doesn't look very good one on one. Things that we used to expect our goalkeepers to relish. Yeah, and 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 look, I think I think that is part of the sort of revolutionized goalkeeping where it 
a lot of the focus becomes on you know their build-up play, uh, how they fit into the system of of the, the you know the way the team is set up, the the tactics of that, how they become the actual defenders. The, with fullbacks now, you talk about you know these teams that the fullback becomes inverted, inverted. They go to a back three, the goalkeeper makes it a back four. You know there, there's loads of different aspects now where where these top managers are are looking to involve their goalkeepers more in general play, but. You know, as as I said, my own personal opinion on it, and, and I've spoken to you know a, a few other people around this who have, have the same opinion that you know rule one on one a goalkeeping for me is is you got to be able to keep the ball out of the back of the net first and foremost, and and those other attributes then you know are bonuses and and they they certainly add more strings to your bow. But you know, I, I just think that um, we can't get we can't overlook the the fundamentals and the basics of goalkeeping and, and as I said that that is being able to, to keep the ball out of the back of the net as, as much as possible So in closing if I was to pull the, the four defenders that would play in front of you regularly what do you think they would say about having you behind them what's, what's your main thing that you would tell them off for? Um I don't think you would have enough time to ask them. I'm a bit of a moan <laughs> because I, don't, I actually enjoy it whenever I have nothing to do. And I like I like bossing them about to, to make sure I have as little as to do as possible in games. But look, I think it's I think it's a huge part of of the game for goalkeepers as well, and it's it's something I'm I'm comfortable with, and, and that's in terms of you know communication, and being able to to see the game and and also help them and. and and try and nullify the opposition. So I'm sure there's, uh, I'm sure the lads would be saying that, that they're dying for headache tablets after games listening to me. But look, as I said, it's it's just trying to, to help them. It's trying to help the team, and it's it's also trying to, to stop the opposition having attempts on on goal. Uh, it's another huge part of of the game for everyone, but in particular for goalkeepers, as I said, first and foremost to be able to to help your back four or your back three, and, and obviously then. That in turn hopefully helps the team. You'll never be as loud as Roy Carroll, so don't worry, Johnny. I know, but the big for the big man, the big man holds that. <laughs> he holds that title well and truly. I know you're probably playing at home when Linfield were playing at home, and you could hear him from one part of the city to another. He was that loud, but uh, what a player! Yeah, fantastic, you know. And, and look, it's great to see work that that Roy's doing now, you know. With the uh, with the international setup um, across the, the you know the, the male and the female side of the game, it's it's just fantastic um, for all the for all the goalkeepers now um, to be to be working and, and learning from from someone of Roy's Roy's stature in the game. You think about you know some of the clubs Roy's played for, the level he played at, um, to be to be passing that experience on, and, and as I say for the. For the, the the boys and girls, the men and women to be to be working and, and learning from Roy, it's it's fantastic and it, it's great to see that he ha- still has that enthusiasm and that appetite to want to give something back to them and and long may that continue. Well, we've worked it out today. The real reason why the Crusaders defenders are so good at defending is uh, not because they're afraid of the manager; they're afraid of the goalkeeper. <laughs> I don't know about that. I still think they'd be more afraid of the gaffer than they would of me. But um, no, look, we've we've a good relationship, um, you know, between between myself and and the, and the back four and, and stuff. And, and look, we've we've been a little bit annoyed in, in recent weeks of, of some of the goals we conceded, um, you know, between us all as a team and, and particularly the defenders and, and myself. And you know, we want to we want to get back to keeping clean sheets um, and being being difficult to score against again. And, and look, we're all on the same page with that, which which helps. And you know, whether it's them having a go at me or me having a go at them, you know, we know it's it's nothing personal. It's for the good of the team, and and that's the most important thing.
Well, at the moment, uh, 19 goals conceded after 19 matches isn't a bad return. There's only two teams that can say they've better than that as things stand. So it does show you what you're capable of, Johnny, but you know that better than me already. Uh, look, really great having you on the programme. Thanks so much for coming on to The Score. No problem. Thank you for having me. Have a great Christmas. The Score with Michael Clark. Okay, let's get our next guest onto the programme, and it's a warm welcome back onto the show for Ballyclare Comrades boss Stephen Small. Stephen, how are you? Hi, Michael. Good to hear from you again. Good to hear from you. Thanks very much for coming on to the score. And after Tuesday's win over Newington, up to fourth in the league, uh, it, it looks uh, very happy in this uh, early December period. How are you finding the season so far with your players? Um, look. With a good environment, uh, the, the changing room's good, the, the recruitment's been good, with a really good young team. Um, it, it, it has, it's, we're entering a difficult period. We're starting to lose a few players to injury, uh, and we had one out suspended recently, and we're starting to play Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, and, and, and it's kind of taking its toll a little bit, but, you know, if you look at the table, it's 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 it, being fourth positionally isn't really something I focus too much on because you could you could go right back to probably eighth or ninth, and there could only be three, four, five points in in between, uh, and the same just above us. Uh, we just don't want to we just don't want to let a gap appear, and we're trying to create a gap to the the, the sort of bottom teams if that's uh, if that makes sense but you know anybody in and amongst the championship will realise that you could throw a blanket over sort of 8-9 teams It just chops and changes uh, so quickly and so often Uh, I think that's a very wise point that you're making you know when you look at last season finishing in the top half and only a few points off third place you know you're sixth but yet easily you know a couple of more results go your way you finish third it, it does explain the way the league tends to be have you set a target in mind for this season is it improve on sixth do it again what What are your thoughts I mean I guess every every year you want to, to have some improvement and and there's so many factors that that can that can affect that I mean the other teams are all are all sort of, you know, they're 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 strengthening in terms of their resources and their their ability to sign players. Uh, teams last year that might not have been able to do that are doing it. You know, without getting into details, I I I think we we probably have one of the the lowest budgets in the team in the league, and 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 I'm you know I'm more than happy that that I knew that getting into the job. We're also we're also restructuring ourselves. Our, you know, it'd be remiss of me not to mention our our, our our distinguished previous chairman, Trevor McCann, who who steered the club for for a long time and uh, had stepped down and, and 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 welcomed James Kirk, who is a former manager and player and and uh, probably Lord Mayor of Ballyclare at some stage. <laughs> so we we with James Jamesy on board who. Who who has a load of new ideas and and the club is 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 developing off the pitch in terms of the academy and I don't know if you know or not but we're we're we we're we're getting a we're getting a 3G surface down 4G surface down in the in the new year so 
so we're playing, going to be playing a load of, of OA games in the in, in the January to April period, Michael. So, so it, it it's an unknown territory for me because we've had a whole load of home games and we're going to have a few few before Christmas and New Year, and we're going to have an awful lot of away games between now and the end the the end of the split. So, so really, sorry, it's a long-winded way of saying target wise. I really don't. I'd love to improve. If you ask me, I'd be happy in the top six and being within touch and distance of the top teams. And when you have, you know, the new pitch in, it, it will that mean a new style of football? It'll certainly mean a period of getting used to having a different playing surface. It, do you know what? I, I, I think anybody that watches is will will watch us as a as a young team who tries to play, who tries to play when we can. The 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 pitch. The pitch has been good this season. To be fair to the grounds people and and the club themselves, they've kept our pitch. Uh, and that anybody that comes to the ground are, are kind of surprised at, at how well it's held up to the the poor weather. But we do we do try to play, and most young players and we have an age profile of probably 18 to 24 year olds. Uh, one of our players just turned 17 in the squad. Most of our players have probably grown up playing on 3G surfaces and training on them so they'd be very used to it so I would imagine that that, uh, that the, the surface like like other other 4G surfaces and 3G surfaces will 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 probably help us in terms of the way we want to play uh, off the pitch it, it'll, it'll help us with financial financial implications of not having to have as many facilities and and also also, from a point of view of training, it'll help us as well because hopefully we'll be training on the on the same pitch that we're we're playing on more often. So from that, it's actually really encouraging, then, isn't it? Because you can centralise everything. You've got your hub. You're not having to outsource as much. And uh, as a manager, you'll be you'll be looking to your chairman and saying, "If there's a wee bit of extra revenue, does that mean I can get a wee bit of help in a future transfer window or two, please and thank you?" Yeah, well, we'll we'll always we'll always try to. Try to improve, whether that's uh, improve the plan staff, imp- improve the conditions that we that we work under. No, but the, the praise has to go to the club in terms of you know, their their ambitions and their their sort of ambitions in the future. They want to they want look Dixon Park's a, a great little stadium to, already, and I, th- I think it's Premiership ready as it is. I also think that that the club not only are we putting down uh, a surface that that. that it will hopefully be beneficial to to the club, but also there's plans in the future to to improve the the, the sort of infrastructure of the club rooms, the parking, the parking facilities, and and all the club as a whole to to kind of push it forward and make it more Premiership ready. And I think I think if everybody can think the same, both on and off the pitch, playing ways, coaching ways academy ways if we can all strive to be premiership ready um then it puts us in a better position whenever whenever that opportunity arises if if it if it arises i mean personally that's what i want to hear you want to hear teams that have that bigger picture that vision that something they're aspiring and trying to move towards for a long time the criticism not of Ballyclare comrades but just of teams outside the top tier in general was so many of them didn't really want to have to reach that premiership level or it was going to maybe impose more problems than it would do bring benefits and you know do you think we're moving to a stage now where a lot of the teams in the championship do want to be premiership teams or are close to being premiership teams 
Well, I think I think the the Premiership clubs have pushed the boundaries in terms of professionalism, and and more and more teams are going towards full time. Uh, they're setting up our academy systems. They're trying to develop their young players right through the system, and and it's it's sort of pushing the envelope downwards to for for the Championship clubs to strive because the step up is massive to get into the Premier League in the first place. It always has been. And now you're better off trying to improve your 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 structures because whenever you go into it you want to be able to compete. So so trying to trying to be better at, at every level, I think think championship clubs need to do that. And any of them that aren't doing it, you know, are in danger of being left behind um, with the way with the way the the, the sort of the sort of information is coming out from from the from Niffle. Um it, it looks like what they're saying is, are both two, both two leagues definitely need to be need to be looking to to, to, to kind of make sure that their facilities and make sure the structures are all in good good standing. Um, and we've got three tiers in football here that 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 need managing. Um, I'm only interested in in what we do at the minute, and and certainly. I'm happy that our, our our club as a whole, both in the boardroom, uh, supporters, and in the plan plan staff, and the and, and everywhere else, coaching, where we are, we are trying to think like a Premier club because I think it's the only way to try and try and believe that you can be a Premier club because if you don't, then you're not setting your standards high enough. And that's clearly the message you're delivering to your players as well. Um, you know, when you look at the, the running of games that you've got uh, coming up to New Year's Day and you're playing on New Year's Day, just, you know, it's, it's worth plugging that in itself, isn't it? A home game against Harlem Wolf Welders. So many teams have moved their games forward. If you need a game on New Year's Day, you don't want to be sitting around the house. There's a game on at Dixon Park for you. Um, was that your thinking on keeping it there? Um, just to be a little different from the rest of the pack that were shuffling or, or was it just how it worked out? It it was no it it certainly was it was it was it was the chairman the chairman was obviously with with the board uh, and everybody else thinking you know what it it may be the only show in town on that day and and if it you know if it's a day like today where it's a it's a bright winter's day and it's not it's not too cold and everybody's stuck for something something to do Ballyclare's in a real good place in terms of anybody from Ballymena down and Greater Belfast, Lisburn, that direction, you would hope that, that it would add some people to the, the gate. And and also, uh, I mean, it, from my point of view as a manager, I'm trying to trying to keep more clean sheets like we did, fortunately, the other night. But anybody who comes to your games this season is usually seeing, seeing goals go in um, both ends uh, at, at at Dixon anyway. So we've we've at this point I think we we scored more more goals than anybody in the league, uh, but but we've conceded too many and we're we're trying to we're trying to work on that while we while still creating loads of opportunities. 39-4-32 against for anybody curious so uh, yes never a, a dull occasion um, probably a, a little stressful if you're the man on the sidelines trying to make sure that there's more goals for than against in any given game though Stephen yeah no listen <laughs> we we just work on on things but at the same time if you have a style of play and, and, and you score a load of goals it obviously there's a reason for that but there's also there's also a, a, a flip side to that that you're you're potentially you're potentially leaving yourself open. Uh, but 
you know what I, I enjoy the way we play the players enjoy the way we play we try to we try to win football matches um, and that's that's just the way we are look we can always work on defending and we do and we're, we're, we're continually we're, we're continually trying to trying to drive home that we need to work harder as a team to try and keep clean sheets and, and as I say thankfully the other night we kept one for for, for a change and, and, and I was more than happy with that Next up is a game against Dundella this weekend. That's your Saturday fixture. Uh, what are your thoughts going into that one? Michael, they're flying, and 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 you know we played them earlier in the season, and I think their manager, you know, if he if he he probably hasn't reflected on it uh, because they're doing so well, but I reflected on the game and I still remember doing really well in the first half, but they punished us. Just before half time, and then and then they they scored. They were ruthless in the second half, and you know they're a really tight knit group. It's no uh, it's no surprise to me that that they're that they're winning loads of games. They've got good players. Uh, they've good experience in the team. Uh, the manager's done really well. He obviously works really hard in the on the training pitch. So it's 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 one of those ones. Our home form's good. Their away form's decent. Um, it's a really good, really good prospect, and and, and we're looking forward to it. Uh, but they are, look, they're they're there for for good reason. They're they're they're, they're winning loads of games, and and certainly certainly you can see why they've they've a really really good group of players, and and the coaching staff obviously are doing their work. Because we're coming into the January period, this is where supporters always get excited. They want to know what's going to happen. Um, I'm sure sometimes even uh, those right in the heart of football clubs are going, I wonder what's going to happen because players can leave and all the rest of it. But do you foresee a busy January? I think the last time it was on, I I, I had no idea about <laughs> about the championship comings and goings. And, and it, it, it's almost like a free-for-all. Uh, some of the teams... Are fortunate enough that they have they have players on professional forms and they have that protection. We we don't we don't really we're not at that stage yet and 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 we have a load of a load of players who who would be free to go probably in January if and I would imagine based on on the way we've played and 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 what we just talked about you know the attacking way we play. I would imagine that there's 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 clubs would 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 like to recruit some of our players. All I can control, Michael, is that the players are in a really good really good environment. They're well appreciated at the club. They work really hard. They've got they've got everything they need in terms of the training culture, the the match day culture. Dixon Park's a real good home for, for, for any of the players and we just create a really good environment to, to kind of not want them you know to, to, to tell them that we want them to stay so so I can only control that and and uh, the players are open and honest with us so we, we don't foresee too many leaving in January but I don't want to say that too soon because as I say it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a free for all and look We've lost a few players to the injury between now and the end of the season. We might we might have a few injuries longer term, so we might have to we might have to recruit a few ourselves. But I I don't work with a big squad. Um, probably twenty twenty two players would be would be the maximum. So so no, I don't I don't foresee too much movement. But as I say, we'll we'll just have to wait and see. You do so much with 
young players, both with Ballyclare comrades and the profile of the squad that you have at the moment, and outside of that with the, the coaching work that you do and have done for uh, many years now. Where do you think we're at in the country? Uh, you know, wasn't too long ago people were wondering with the Northern Ireland team struggling uh, at senior level, was this a reflection of, of issues sort of further down the chain? But it seems that there's a lot of change happening at the moment. Uh, should we be encouraged that there's a real talent base in this country at the moment? Yeah, I mean, look, there has been a recognition among among the Premiership clubs that some of their 20s players, some of their under 20s players, should really, really go to the Championship or the PIL and, and 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 play there it's sort of 18 19 years old and and identifying those players hopefully is one of my strengths as you say I've been particularly embedded in sort of youth development football for for the last 10 years with 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 the jobs that I've I've done um so so identifying those players that could they could they could help our club but not only our club I mean I've seen more players go on loan this season to championship clubs and it's not easy for for 20s players to make the transition uh, but some some real good talented players out there need to probably think about when they're playing at 19 years old in a in a 20s league they probably should think that that they should get out and play meaningful points at stake men's men's football um, to kind of progress their own career, I think the clubs have recognised it, uh, and certainly, certainly on down the the levels, the, the, the there is a lot of change going on at the at the at the at the levels of of youth football, right down to under twelve, as as we've seen recently. We've seen you know academy structures uh, starting to develop with different clubs. We've seen an announcement uh, with quite a few of the Belfast clubs, Crusaders, Cliftonville, Glentoran and Linfield, wanting to overhaul the current youth set up with an invitational league, which I'm sure will ruffle a few feathers. Stephen, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that particular uh, idea, but th- the way the academy structure is changing, uh, it's, a, it's a shifting landscape. Well, I think, I think everybody, everybody's trying to improve their own club and 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 obviously you've got you've got the current league champions are have have been setting standards recently on on their academy structure and and I know I know that they they have they've they've set up a really good youth system from from sort of under under 10 right up through to under 20 with an educational aspect to it and also strength and conditioning and and all those things. So it can only be good if the other clubs are following suit and and trying to trying to mirror that and and try to give our young players a more full time, more contact uh, aspect of 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 football. To sort of going three four nights a week or four four days a week, and and adding all those all those other bits like analysis and diet nutrition. And strength and conditioning, and and I know that the the Belfast clubs have have also have also looked to to kind of set up if set up their own kind of structure from under twelve up uh, to under sixteen, and if if it improves them uh, playing more often, 
and they're doing it for for the betterment of their own clubs and and everybody's trying to do that and 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 certainly at the end of it all if it makes better players and and produces better players for the premiership and and beyond uh and maybe even internationally as we've seen some players from the Irish league get in the international squads at under 21 and full international then then brilliant it's 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 a good thing it's a weary topic to try and you know get your head around or discuss. So I don't really uh, want to take up too much more of your time on it. I appreciate your thoughts. Uh, you know, should we be enthused that in general there seems to be you know, interest in the league in terms of people trying to invest into different teams in this country now, and that clubs are trying to set up these infrastructures? I mean, clearly there's still a cry out for you know improving uh, stadia and you know the government if they could release the funds that we've been waiting for for over a decade what impact that would certainly have but these other things that are going on whilst we wait on that money coming uh, do seem to point towards you know growth here don't they yeah i mean I, I, i'm immersed in in sort of youth academy football uh with with the work i do with Stephen Jarrett academy on on the foundation course and right up to sort of from from sort of 16 right up to 20 years old and I you know I can see I can see better coaching practice the IFA coach education system is has has improved it, the whole the whole country's definitely the JD academy there's there's so many good things going on here uh, with 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 football and and the product on the pitch and the media attention that you know live games on TV, the whole the whole product is is definitely improving, and the standard of football is improving. The the professionalism of all the clubs and teams, people coming to the games, the the, the sort of diversity of people coming to the games and, and all that. Everything is improving, and and but we need to drive it, keep driving it forward, and and thankfully the powers that be. Are, are continually pushing buttons at uh, at government level to, to make that happen. So we, we we should be we should be pleased at how far how far we've we've come. And I think everybody should keep driving it forward. And 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 and, and I'm excited to be involved in it and, and and enjoying enjoying every minute. Yeah, well, that most certainly comes across. Look, Stephen, thank you so much for coming onto the program. It's been great catching up with you. And uh, I'm sure if uh, you know any of those young players are are showing promise and are looking game time uh, Ballyclare comrades would be uh, a happy home for them age profile 18 to 24 year olds at the minute and and as i say it's a real enjoyable age to work work with at championship level because most of the players i i have if not all aspire to be premier league players whether it's with Ballyclare or with another club who identifies them within that scouting network I have no problem working within those parameters, and I enjoy and I enjoy it. Uh, so yeah, it, we're we're constantly looking to to kind of improve and and tweak things. So yeah, I'm excited and and look forward to to the rest of the season and beyond. Great catching up with you, Stevie. Thanks so much for coming on to the score. Thanks, Michael. The score with Michael Clark. It is time to get our last guest of this week's show onto the programme last but by no means least and he plays for the leaders of the Premier Intermediate League. They are Ballamacash Rangers. He is Fra Brennan. Fra, great to have you on the score. Hiya, it's good to be on Michael. How are you keeping? I'm doing very well, thank you. Yeah, well, look, you're tabletoppers so I'm, in, I'm guessing that you're enjoying life at the club so far, Fra. 
Yeah, it's great. Um, you know, it's a, it's a tricky one, the PIL, because of the consistency of the league. You know, you're not. it's not every week you're focusing on a league game because there's so many cup competitions. And um, I think there's been three or four different cups we have been in and we've got a run in some of them. So, you know, it's, it knocks back your league fixtures, but it is still nice that you can look up at the league table and see you're sitting at the top of it. Because at this stage, what are we? I suppose we can call it mid-December now. Isn't that incredible to think? You've played nine league matches if people aren't looking intently at the PIL that might surprise them yeah because usually at this stage you're probably saying after the new year you kick on you're going to you're going to go on a league charge in terms of going for a title or whatnot you know especially if you're used to watching the premiership or, or seeing other leagues but with this league it's nearly the opposite it doesn't really get going as, as I say you don't get out of the honeymoon period till <laughs> well into probably February now in this league and it's one thing with my own experience I've never actually played in the PIL so it's me learning that as well and keep my feet in the ground at top of the table doesn't really mean anything at this stage like you've said there it's nine league games in <laughs> we're hitting Christmas here Santa's coming and there's only been nine games <laughs> you can ask him for a few extra league wins uh, I'm sure they won't go amiss yeah look I think a big thing for us is we've been dominant in a lot of our games but we just haven't been scoring enough goals um, you know we had a two each draw there October more and Saturday and the second half it was a pure first half from us to be honest we were 2-0 down at half time but we sort of knew and once we got together at half time we regrouped and, and in the strong conditions of the, the weather we knew in the second half we got a goal it would be a great chance but we got it back to two each and unfortunately just couldn't get that third but even though it did look like it was only a matter of time um, and it seems to be a running format we've, we've definitely had a few more draws than we'd like um, thankfully still unbeaten but you know we need to start turning the draws into wins if we want to be serious about the league there's plenty of competition as well, isn't there, for the title? Yeah, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of great sides in there, and it's it's very even. If you if you look around, it's Lima Valley had a very strong start, and they were making a lot of noise in terms of the amount of goals they had scored. And you've got a strong Warren Point side in there, Queens as well, and ourselves, you know. And the thing is, it's what I've noticed certainly is that anyone's capable of beating anyone on their day in this league. And I think because there is no real consistency of league running games, you know, in the fixtures that you're coming up each week and maybe three weeks have passed when you played a league game and as you know yourself in football that teams can change drastically over a period of a week never mind three or four weeks and injury, suspension, dip in form defeats in a cup game or whatever it may be can take your attention away so yeah it's, it's a very very competitive league and a, a kamikaze type league but it's it's great to be a part of Yeah it sounds like you're enjoying yourself you're, you're a man with plenty of premiership experience so um, you know this is something quite different I would imagine yeah it is it's it's completely different but like you're saying I'm really enjoying it you know as soon as you walk through the doors of Bally McCash you're, you're welcome with open arms and it's a great club and there's a lot of good people about the place it, to me you know like you've said there, I do have experience in the Premiership and I've been around a, a good few clubs probably too many to, to mention to be honest don't have enough air time but whenever you walk into Bally McCash you just get that feel of a good sort of club a good a good club of people around it want to go in the right place and they want to do things the right way and to be honest looking at Lisburn itself now as a city it does need a Premier a Premier League club in it and I think Bally McKay certainly are pushing and trying everything they can to get get to be that club um, yeah like I've said there's so many good people and there's so much good working on on the ground um, we're just the face of it in terms of players but behind the scenes like I've seen it firsthand, that the hard work they're doing the community work they're doing and and how they're trying to push the club on every aspect. It's great to see. And when it came to making the decision to go there, was there something in particular that Lee Forsyth or, or someone said that, that swung it for you? I'm sure you had other options. 
Yeah, to be honest, I had a few options in the summer. Um, last year, I finished up at Newington, and I really enjoyed my time there. But with family and with the travel, I didn't really want to do the traveling up and down and in the league, and the championship, and the away games. And obviously, playing their home games at Inver was a, a big change for me. Um, just the way work has been going and my family life has been going, I, I just wanted something a bit closer to home. And Lee certainly reached out, and he could be a car salesman because he sold a good pitch. And <laughs> I went and met him and I seen the club, and I was actually blown away. I'd, I'd never been to Ballymacash before in terms of seeing the facility, and obviously they're doing the the groundwork for the the building that's gone up at the minute. If you've seen it yourself, it's it's quite breathtaking. It's going to be a state of the art facility at the club, and you know I even had offers to stay in the Premier League, but again the commitment and where I'm at for the return I'm going to get out of it, it just wasn't feasible. So it just seemed like a perfect fit at the right time and I'm really glad I made that choice because I couldn't be enjoying it more I would actually quite like to watch you and Lee try and debate one another it would be fun to see who gets more words in <laughs> I swear to it. Lee calls me Mr. IFA um, <laughs> we constantly are going at each other we're constantly slobbering at each other but at the end of the day it's a, it's a love-hate relationship um, and I don't know who loves and who hates each other maybe it's a wee bit of both at times but you know, we certainly do have a good bit of crack but um yeah, it's it's a good relationship. Lee's a Lee's a very good man and people question Lee's tactics or whatever it may be, but at the end of the day he's just a winner and he just wants to win. So whenever you talk about styles of play or anything like that, it's just let's just go out and win a game of football and it's a eleven men versus eleven men and you win your wee one V one battles no matter where it takes you on the pitch. So sometimes we've had a couple of arguments of where it would be, but at the end of the day it's about winning and that's what he cares about. So yeah, and I certainly have I'm probably like you know yourself probably a bit of a strong character and I'm a bit focal so um, I certainly do enjoy being challenged and I don't know if Lee enjoys being challenged but I certainly try and do it to him Yes I'm looking down my notes here Fran it doesn't have the word shy anywhere <laughs> Well it's, I think that was probably a thing that's came over my whole playing times in Irish football it's whenever a manager's come to say and you say you're good for the change room maybe not to say good for the pitch it's probably saying that that shy thing's not there you know it's for me, it's, there's no point being shy. I am who I am, and I love football. So to me, it's about getting into a room with a bunch of people who should love football too, and my passion for it. So, yeah, no, I'm not shy. I don't, I don't mind that side of it. You know, I, I enjoy having a bit of crack and, and having some fun in, in the change room. And I'm sure some stories that we definitely couldn't tell on radio. <laughs> That's a shame. I might just have to keep you on the line after we go off air here. Um, I want to ask you about Tuesday coming up. You say your manager is a winner. He's got you the semi-final of the County Antrim Shield. Now it's a David against Goliath story, isn't it? You know, you know how good Lorne are. You know how difficult that match is going to be. And I don't want to patronise you, but but getting to a semi-final in itself is a great achievement. Yeah, don't get me wrong. It's you know it's the first time in the club's history, and it's short history, by the way. You know that it's got so far you know it's incredible it really is and Lorne seem to be the trailblazers of Irish football at the moment you know anything they're putting their, their hand to it's turning the goal and that's a credit to Lorne and look we're not going to go there and fear them at the end of the day we know that what they're capable of we know that they're a quality outfit and they're a full time outfit but at the end of the day if you're not if you don't have aspirations to win a game of football why are you even competing in the first place or why are you putting your name in the hat to go into the cup now I'm not turning around and saying we'll beat Lorne but I'm certainly not turning around and say we're not going out wanting to win and not going to try and win and, and come up with a game plan to win. Um, you know, it's happened before. You've had the David and Goliath stories and you've seen them, you've seen the, the smaller teams and the smaller clubs get their results. And, you know, it just takes, I personally think in, in our football in this country, it's there's not quite a lot in terms of ability that separates the mass majority of players. It's more 
consistency and on their day and being able to be consistent more often. And, you know, if we turn up and have a, let's be honest, a game of our lives as a team and Lauren turn up and have an off night, which could be the case, then you'll just never know. But again, we're certainly not going there as defeatists and we're not going there going to just hand it over to Lauren. That's not to say that Lauren will not win the game, but we're certainly not going to, to bend over and say, no, thank you. We don't want to compete in this. You can go on into the final, Lauren. Um, and for Bally McCash, like I said, it's, it's making history and I don't think it will be the last time you'll hear Bally McCash in the semi-final or later stages of cup competitions in Irish football. It's really exciting, I'm sure, for their fans to be hearing you speak in that way. It's obviously the mentality that uh, everyone at the club wants to have in terms of growth. You have to be ambitious and you have to not be afraid to say, we want to win football matches. So so that comes across really clearly. Uh, in terms of you know, your experience through football, as you, you know, you, you poke a bit of fun at yourself and say you've been round a bit, you've, you've been to different clubs, but it also means you've played with lots of players under different managers and you, you know what it takes as well for a... How much do you think the the landscape here in Northern Ireland across our leagues has, I guess, changed from when you started to where you are now? Yeah, it's, it's changed. It's like night and day. It's a polar opposite, to be honest. You know, even down to youth football to the senior game. Now, I I started back at Clonavon when I was 15 years of age in the Irish League. and I've been in, in and around it for 15-plus years. And the quality of player I've seen come into the league and stay in the league and constantly come into the league every year has been breathtaking you know you just look at the full-time clubs and it's, it's fantastic to see you know I've shared some great great teams and I've been in some great teams like your Tommy Braz and Clippenville Sage and Ronnie McAree and Gannon and there's so many to mention there with great players but I think the quality and calibre of player now is the highest it's ever been but the bonus for me and what I see in, in local football in terms of football as, as a whole is that the top leagues get higher and it's now become a filter system all through all the other leagues to improve you know I spent a year last year in the championship with Newington and you're turning around and looking at some of the squads and some of the teams in that championship and you're turning around going 10 years ago that was as good as any Irish league side you'd see you know um, and certainly now even the PIL it's got stronger you know I always like to say it, whenever I was first breaking in your like your Limfields and your Glen Torns were the strongest sides in the country by a mile and they were the top players who now in this day and age them top players are probably I would say middle or middle quality players the middle quality players have obviously went to the lower half of the table and the lower half of the table has obviously filtered down in the championship and PILs and stuff like that so look I think it's football here is it's such an exciting time the for Irish football and for fans you know I'll certainly once the boots are nailed up eventually I'll be a fan, a fan of the Irish league and, and Irish football and I'm, it's so exciting to see what way it's going I think credit to Jared Lawler I don't like to give him much credit but <laughs> credit to Jared he, um, what they're doing at Niffle it seems to be they're trying to move the game in a progressive way so I think Irish football is on the win here at the minute and it's a very exciting time and you just seem to be having conversations I mean even in this program listening to our previous guests this week the amount of time people are getting in good setups now to play their football at a younger age it just should give us more rounded players uh, across the board yeah, of course. You look at the facilities now and, and the standard of coaching and clubs and, and the governance of the clubs in general. You know, you've got your scholar program starting to be more common in clubs and that's contact time for young players on the ball. You know, coming through, I, I'll never forget this. Whenever I was in Glenavon's first team, Terry Cochran was the manager. And that's that's going back some time. We were training in a high school on a gravel pitch. We were Irish League. So you flip it now, and my son's five years of age, and he's trained in one of the state-of-art facilities, and 
in the country in Colin Glen. So it's like just everything down the equipment, the facilities, the infrastructure, everything's improving. And I do think when the Irish League and Irish clubs do need a bit more backing in terms of the infrastructure to get us to that next level. I think we're currently nearly maxed out in terms of what we can provide, but that next step hopefully is not too far away. And you just look up at, like I've said, what Lauren are doing. I was around their training facility and I got the pleasure of going around the cliff and I met a couple of great guys up there who I know and just seeing what their plans for youth football in general and for how they're trying to structure things for the development of football here long term is incredible and it's really, really good to see. I love getting the feel of that optimism, you know, across the different teams and, and the different characters within them as well. You know, the fact that you're talking about the work going on at the Bluebell, the work that Balamakash are putting in in the community. Um, it isn't just, you know, 12 teams in Northern Ireland. There are so many more teams, so many more people endeavouring to all reach that top table. And, uh, you know, I think fans have a right to be excited by that. Yeah, I personally, like I think the top table is a very small fraction of football in this country. It's what's below it, what holds it up and supports it. And you know, the grassroots, the volunteers, the the club sector, everyone you go into a club, they all have their own wee story, and it's amazing. It is it's generally amazing to see it. Um, and that's one thing I've really got to see in the, at this level in the PIL. It's where you're starting to see the real challenges of clubs because as a player, you take it for granted that a club should just always be there. And, you know, you're you're an employee of a club, and you're just used to, you know, being paid and everything's there for you. Whereas you start to see the lower levels, and you see the real struggles of some clubs. But it certainly doesn't take them off their ultimate goal to have their little team represented, and you know, and have it done in the right way. You know, you see clubs struggling with the floods and stuff like that, and you see people come out and help them and support them, and like that—that's football to me. That's that's seeing everyone in the game, you know, for the betterment of their club. And there's some real diehards in that in the lower leagues that it's great to actually get to see them and see the exposure and see their clubhouses and going and spending five, ten minutes with them having a little chat and they're, they're just great people honestly and again if I wasn't a player in Irish football I'd be a, I'd be a fan I'd be at the games I'd be, I, just, I just love the product we have here and I hope it stays the way it is You're talking yourself into a cool commentator role or a pundit's role here Fry you're, you're doing a very good job <laughs> well, I don't know about that. I'd probably get more people switching off and switching on. Um, if, saying that, though, I did have a wee bit of a commentary gig for Portadown TV, and I did enjoy the experience, but um, I suppose, as people probably know me personally, I could probably talk a leg as a stool, so I don't know if that's a, a good thing or a bad thing. You'd end up muting the commentary, I suppose. Um, <laughs> hey, well, we know, you're, we know you're not media shy. I was going to ask you, you know, is this now your career highlight? It's, it's obviously way better than talking to Paddy McGuinness, isn't it? Uh, well, I don't know. Coming down the love lift was a wee bit different than getting a two-minute late phone call from Michael Clark. <laughs> I think you've done very well. If it's only two minutes late, you've done very, very well. When you know how much my guests can talk, but um, we're we're out of time, Fra. I can't believe it. We'll have to get you on again. But I wish you the very best of luck for the rest of the season and the big semi-final on Tuesday night. I know Balamakash are hoping for uh, a really good turnout for that one, the game against Larn, uh, for a chance to play Glentoran in the final of the County Antrim Shield. Uh, Fra, thanks so much for coming on to the score. Thank you, Michael. Thanks for having me. All the best. The score with Michael Clark. And yes, if you were wondering how exactly it all came about that Balamakash are in the semi-final against Larn, that was because an appeal was upheld from the club that stayed at Knockbreda had used an ineligible player in the game that they had that went to a penalty shootout. Knockbreda had named goalkeeper Mark Matthews in the starting lineup, then replaced him with Benjamin Fry. 
when one keeper was sent off, the other came on. That was deemed to be a rule breach. So uh, Nokbrida appealed it. The semi-final had been delayed and with Palamakash reinstated in the end, they can now play their matchup against Lawrence. So a little complicated, but Glentoran, meanwhile, came through their semi-final at the end of November against Carrick Rangers. They've been waiting patiently to find out who they will face in the game, which takes place at the end of January. Uh, my thanks to Fra Brennan, to Johnny Tuffy, and to Stephen Small for their company, and to you for yours as well. All that remains to be said is enjoy your weekend of sport. Bye-bye.